Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. After an absence of a couple of weeks, we are here to discuss the couple of weeks of racing, mainly the Italian races, Stade Bianche, Milan Sanremo, Tirreno Adriatico, but we also look at some minor Belgian races and of course Pyrenees. And with him here to do that, as for the other road podcast, is Tom. Welcome Tom. Hello. Good that you're here and there was more good news that was that Macho van der Poel in these weeks there was news that he was going to come back but his team couldn't confirm it and then all of a sudden the news was that he was going to race Copier Bartali and now the news was, I mean it's not news anymore, it's in the past he was added to Milan Sanremo at the final moment to the start list because of illnesses in his team he raced there and man what a way to come back after almost 300 kilometers, he won the sprint of the second group to end third in Milan Sanremo. And I mean, that's quite the way to come back in the peloton with immediately a podium in the monument. Tuan, I think you must be as excited as I was about that third place of him. It was uh, absolutely incredible. Missing maybe a bit of the aggressiveness that we're maybe used to seeing from Mathieu van der Poel, but being able to do this after having to cut the cyclocross season short and just taking an extended period from the bike, um, just making sure that the back is all recovered and well, being able to do this in such a tough Milan Sanremo, it's incredible. And I mean, after he said in an interview like uh, that he was getting old and this is another missed opportunity and it was just funny to hair because uh, it was a bit of a question mark in what kind of shape he would be there but uh, clearly he's just still very good it's obviously a very good performance but i would be lying if i said i was super surprised by this in an interview with sporza the day before the race he said my form is much better than the form that i had at the world championships and paris roubaix last year last year in paris roubaix we spoke a lot about it in the corners, he managed to stretch a gap, but it was closed every time. But I was already thinking, man, if Van der Poel already has a better form than that he had then in Roubaix, when he was already so strong and on the podium, and at Worlds where he arguably was also one of the stronger riders, I was already thinking, okay, if he says my form is significantly better, I know Van der Poel is not the guy who overestimates himself, quite the opposite, then I was already thinking, okay, we are going to see a super strong Mathieu here, potentially a bit unmarked by other riders because it's a bit of an unknown but certainly third place is still slightly above expectations but i did expect to end to see him end in the top 10 i don't know how you thought about that prior to the race yeah i think uh from the fantasy games for example like i had him in my top 10s i thought he was going to ride a good race definitely but seeing how the race progressed, how hard UAE tried to make it for Pogacar, I'm still very impressed with what he was able to do. I still think he isn't quite at that exceptional uh, form that he sometimes has, but that is okay. Uh, yeah, as I said, very good at the moment. Yeah, there's of course also still time for that. His schedule is a bit open for now. They will race Copy Bartadi, then Dwarsdorf Flanders, and then Tour of Flanders, and then they will reassess. But Tour of Flanders, two weeks away, maybe a bit too early, but in three weeks' time, Amstel Gold Race, of course, also a race he's won in the past. And then it's still a month until Paris-Roubaix, because, of course, Amstel Gold Race and Paris-Roubaix switched dates this year, which, in my opinion, comes in favor of Van der Poel, because you can see that certain riders are already trying to be in good form from Omloop forward for Van der Poel. 
I mean, it's obviously not the perfect preparation, of course, with that back injury, but I think there's still a lot to come. We might speak about that a bit later, but back to the race. We already said it was super strong. Milan Sanremo, as always, came down to the Poggio. What was your impression about Van der Poel on the Poggio? Last year, of course, he messed up his positioning and needed to do a 20-second, 1100-watt sprint to even come to the wheel of Alaphilippe. This year it was a bit different, but what kind of impression did he make on you on that Poggio? I think he has to thank UAE for uh, just thinning the group out, making sure that he couldn't mess up his positioning as badly. Uh, still a few positions further back than he maybe would love to see at the start of the Poggio, but he just looked very good. Uh, there wasn't that one acceleration um, that I think a top form much of Van der Poel would have uh, to actually drop people, but he just looked, yeah, very good, was able to close some gaps, was able to stick with it um, and close that very important gap uh, near the top of the Poggio when Pogacar and Sjöregar Andersen managed to get a gap. Just looked very impressive in a downhill, maybe not so much, wasn't the best downhill I've ever seen from Maja van der Poel passing up the opportunity to move with Mohoric and then when Pogacar uh, basically like flicked around to see if like pretty someone else closed this gap toward Mohoric, he didn't do it where I think a van der Poel like at full throttle would have gone in and just at least tried to close the gap in the descent. Yeah, I think that that overall sums it up pretty well. I think on the Poggio, Van der Poel was strong, lacked a bit of confidence, was able to follow, one time indeed close the gap, but he didn't have the confidence in himself yet to maybe try and counter Pogacar. I think that that's something we'll come to later when we speak about Van Aert as well. I mean, for Van der Poel, I think it's more a confidence thing. In the downhill I, as well, he indeed passed on that opportunity to follow Mohoric, not entirely sure why. Seemed a bit difficult to really assess that by the heli shot that we got of it. Maybe there just wasn't the opportunity to follow through because I saw Mohoric was basically slaloming through that group. Pogacar was there as well and then well, I think maybe it was just a matter of not able to dive bomb Pogacar because then Van der Poel eventually did get to the front of that group. And then the second moment of weakness I saw was when we came down onto the Via Roma. There was this moment that Van Aert and Van der Poel were both playing diesels and trying to close that gap. And they came relatively close to Mohoric. But then eventually Van der Poel needed to skip a turn and then the pace dropped on that group, which is also the moment that Turgis attacked. So I think that that was a moment of weakness on Van der Poel, that he still isn't at 100%. Still had a powerful sprint in the end. So overall, I think we should conclude that Van der Poel will come back to the classics very strong. Brings me to the final question here surrounding Van der Poel. Do you know if there's any news about him not racing Copier Bartoli, but going to Edrie Harelbeke and Gent Wevelgem? And if there's no news, could you give your opinion if you think that that should be done or if that's likely? Uh, I haven't heard anything about it, so I assume they're still going to do that. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Copie uh, Bartari, it's a decent race, usually some course that I think would suit uh, a punchy rider like Mathieu van der Poel. Just get back to racing a little bit more in a peloton, uh, get a few good few kilometers in rather than get back into uh, Belgium and very hectic racing, which I don't know. Um, whilst good, of course, it's maybe not as great as just riding a few more days in Italy. 
Yeah, I don't necessarily think that that's bad either because indeed he needs to get used to riding in a peloton again because even in that small group by UEE, at some point he was in second last wheel again just before the Poggio, but this year because the group was small he managed to come forward again. Of course, also no teammates there to help him, but overall I re very much look forward to see him continue racing because man it's such a pleasure to see him ride and I mean the same can be said about his counterpart Wout van Aert. Van Aert of course had a very strong Paris won the TT there was in the top three of a couple of other stages carried Roglic to the GC win in the last stage by doing a lot of work in the medium mountain stage course also won Omlop with Newsplot which we discussed earlier but then we came to San Remo a monument everything has been said for Van Aert he wants to win a monument all the signs were there but then in the end it's kind of disappointing what do you make of his race I think just like Van Aert it's very good but it wasn't quite there I think for both of them the problem is just that Mohoric is gone at that point and once he had 10 meters uh, in the downhill, the race was over because you have to close that before like one and a half K to go. And if you turn onto that road with 2.3 kilometers to go, like you can't close like 10 seconds or five seconds on Mohoric in 800 meters. It just doesn't happen. It's not like you can do what Van der Poel did in Amstel, Gold, in Amstel Gold when he won it back then because you had a group full of serious sprinters and... So everyone had to mind their own sprint and just kind of hope that Mohoric completely cracked and that they would still catch him. But yeah, it just wasn't possible. And Van Aert, I think, tried uh, the most out of basically all of them uh, together with Pedersen and Van der Poel. But uh, it wasn't to be. Yeah, whereas I think for Van der Poel, it was a matter of lack of confidence, as I said earlier. For Van Aert, I have the feeling that it was a lack of good legs or power in the legs because we know Van Aert, we've seen him, this is a guy who always wants to race. If he has the opportunity to kill off his opposition, he does show. He's relentless. He never gives you the opportunity to recover. But when Pogacar had gone so many times on the Poggio, at some point, we saw that it were three riders with a small gap. I think it was maybe only two or three seconds. Pogacar, Van Aert and Van der Poel. I think a good Van Aert at that moment would have passed Pogacar instead of letting Pogacar drop the pace. He would have tried to continue that attack. If he would have been able to do that at that point, I think these three riders would have gone to the finish themselves and decided who was going to become the new winner of Milan-San Remo between those three. That didn't happen. I think it's a lack of good legs and we can only speculate about it because, I mean, of course, bad days still exist, cyclists are only humans, and I don't want to be premature in making conclusions, but he was very good in Paris-Nice, and I know Milan-San Remo might not be the biggest goal because that's Tour of Flanders and Paris-Roubaix, but I just hope that this doesn't mean we've again seen the best Wout van Aert in a one-week stage race in the early spring, and then that when we come further into the spring season, his form just isn't completely up there, but... As I say, it's maybe a bit premature to make that conclusion. And maybe it is, um, but indeed there's definitely some similarities to last year with Van Aert again climbing extremely well on that final stage in Paris-Nice and just in general riding a very good week. I think only taking like one day more relaxed and the rest of them he was right up there with the very best. And it was very impressive what he was able to do, still fault. It was not quite what he would have wanted out of that week. I think 
Uh, he would have been disappointed to lose to Mats Pedersen twice in the sprints, but who knows? I definitely think that that was a tad disappointing. Seen speculation that he's making a similar transition from Bona, like Bona from top sprinter to good classic rider. I think that that's also premature to make that conclusion. I think Pedersen was in very good form and also for Pedersen, maybe a tad disappointing. But I just think that the riders who didn't go deep day after day in Tirreno and Paris-Nice, that those riders were better off and fresher in Milan-San Remo. And that, that's a reason that we saw them do so well in that race because it looked like Mohoric he didn't need to do the same amount of workload as Van Aert did in Pyrenees so obviously that plays a factor as well but nevertheless still a lot of classics to come A3 and Gent Webergem coming up next weekend so for sure definitely a lot of opportunities left for both Van Aert and Van der Poel. Then the other rider of the so named big three Tom Pitcock he was at the start of Milan San Remo but he was definitely not in good form it's a shame to see, but we know that he was sick. That's what why he was forced to skip the Strade Bianchi, which is also the reason we skipped on that podcast, because there really wasn't a lot to say. But definitely a shame to see. And there's quite some riders being sick in the peloton, training for Mirsad as well. He was forced to miss out on the race in Milan San Remo as well. Shame to see, but where do you see the rest of the spring going for these two riders? Because so far, illness... But days hasn't really been going their way. No, I think uh, it makes it quite tough because, of course, you have got, especially for Johnny Vermeer, you have got a very short period uh, to still get back into shape and for the big races. I think for um, Tom Pitcock, it's not quite as big of a deal because he has, of course, also got Flash Wallon and uh, Lies Bastogne Liège, in which he can do well. So he can take it a little bit easier uh, as he has some goals later on. Um, but it's very unfortunate because he was definitely one of the favorites for Stade Bianca and to see him miss out, uh, yeah, maybe he could have made it interesting. Yeah, for sure. I think that for Pitcock it's less of an issue. His goals are the Ardennes Classic more than the Cobalt Classics. He thinks he is better suited to those. So I think that there's indeed a case to make for that. We said that in our Unlopen Newsblad podcast. So definitely for Pitcock, still a bit of time. Vermeers, maybe not the season he had last year, but well, that's how it goes. You don't have great seasons every year, so maybe next year it will be better for him. And now, of course, with Van der Poel coming back, the chances that he really gets an opportunity become slimmer as well. Another rider on that team of Alpes and Phoenix is Tim Merlier. He was not participating in Milan San Remo, but he did participate in the preparation race for that Tireno Adriatico. Following that, he went to compete in some minor Belgian races, and where in the first podcast we were still having a bit of doubts about the form of Dimmerlier, he certainly proved he is back at his winning level because he will he, because he won a stage in Tirreno Adriatico as well as an Oakere Course and on the podium of the Breden Kokseide Classic. I think it's fair to say he's really back at that level and just needed a couple of races to get in a rhythm. Yeah, I think uh, if you look at the results, like maybe it doesn't look quite as good, but the two times that he's really been in the position like um, to actually take the victory, he has done it. He has actually converted on it. Uh, the other two sprints in Tirreno, he just wasn't quite there. The positioning wasn't good enough. Uh, it's definitely something the team need to look at. It was very good last season, and for Philipson, it's actually been quite good this season as well. For example, on the UE Tour, but uh, not quite there in the Tirreno in two of the stages, which is just 
yeah, it's very unfortunate when you only have three opportunities. And then uh, more of the same in Breden and Classic, where we had a very messy sprint. And Alpacin again had some troubles getting Merlier into a good position. And he still managed a podium. It's always key indeed to have good positioning. Alpacin indeed not always the team to have their train on rails, but... Merlier, his sprint in Noker when he was in position was super impressive. A bit of uphill there as well. A couple of messy sprints as well between there, but that's also the way it goes as a sprinter. For now, it looks like Merlier will be doing the Giro, which he's really targeting. Of course, Gelderprijs before that can also be a real test for him. I think that Merlier is definitely going to be able to collect a couple of wins this season. Certainly expect to see at least 10 wins on his end once again this season. Strong to see him there. And don't forget he was also very strong in the cyclocross season as well. Didn't really have a good season due to his preparation, what he said. But yeah, I think overall good Belgian championships there. Then decided to stop focusing on the road. Definitely what I see forward going for Malir as well. And final mention on the men's side, Anthony Turgi. We didn't really mention him in our part about Milan Sanremo. He's not really a full-time cyclocross rider either but we do have some nice information on him he participated in the french championships this year and did 12th there but Turgi confirmed to us himself that he was planning to ride more cyclocross races actually but that his team total energy they came too late to provide him with his cross bikes they needed to be ordered and due to the global covid pandemic there was trouble with shipping and of course the supply chain is messed up if you are ordering a bike you probably know about that as well took them too long to get there they were just there in time for the french championships but he said i would have wa really wanted to ride a couple of more uci races in france as he still loves the sport however there was not only racing on the men's side we must also look at the women's side because we have seen some exciting performances let's start off in strade bianche we had a select group there at the front of the race and there were quite some cyclocross riders in that group. Tuan, who was the most outstanding name in your opinion in the Strade Bianche? Uh, altogether, I think uh, it was Lotte Kopecki managing to hang on to Annick van Vleut and then out sprinter with some clever movements in Siena in the final few finishing straights of course. Not a full-time cyclocross rider at all, but still very nice to mention. And Shirin van Androy made an excellent impression on me as well. Um, seemed like the strongest of the Trek Segafredo team and uh, closed some gaps on her own as well. It's just very impressive all around. Uh, maybe just needs a little bit more experience on how to read the races. And uh, it, it can be very, very interesting just continuing that excellent form that we saw in the opening weekend of the women as well. I indeed agree that Van Androoy was super good there in Strade. Ninth place does not represent the true level that she had there. Because if we look at it, at some point there was this small group that rode away from the rest. It was indeed Kopecky, Van Vleuten, the exact sector just slips i can't really come on the exact sector but there was this small group of five riders going away and then van andre was the only one to bridge it and i've seen quite some critique on that move because eventually the rest got back as well but i can see in the perspective of van Androoy as a former racer myself that what happened there was van Androoy sees a group with five of the top favorites going she messed up her positioning 
and thought, if I don't move now, I am going to be in serious trouble. I need to be with these riders. Completely makes sense, in my opinion. She closes that gap, but as soon as she comes there to the front group, they stop pacing, which is very unfortunate, because if she would have been there and they would have continued pacing, there would have been a very good result. Now, ninth is still very good for just a second year under 23 rider, but it could have been even better. I think that that was the key moment in that race because ever since she made that big effort, she was on the back foot and needed to try and stay in contention. And her positioning didn't really help her either because she was always starting the sectors at the back. Something for her to work on in the future. But then again, she's also only 19 years old and the future definitely looks bright for her. Spoken with some people inside the women's peloton and they all indeed already say, Van Anrooy, man, super impressive start of the season. But as well as before the season actually started, I already heard people tipping her that, yeah, I've seen her ride on training or I trained with her and definitely going to do good. So, yeah, I think that Van Anrooy was definitely one of the stars. And of course, today we had the Trofeo Binda, also Women's World Tour race. She ended in the just outside the top 10, I must say. She ended 13th there. But I think she is still leading the young rider Women's World Tour, which is, of course, very impressive as well. Yeah, she was also very active in Alfredo Binda, uh, in the end helping set up her teammate Elisa Balsamo to take the victory, uh, playing a good role there as well. Definitely a good job by her. One rider to mention on the women's side in Stradebianche as well was Marianne Voss. She started her season there and did 7th the World Champion Cyclocross. Maybe not entirely what was hoped for, but definitely not a bad start for the season. Lucinda Brandt there didn't start her season. She took a bit more rest, which in my opinion is not a bad decision, seeing how packed her road and cross calendar were last year. But I think she is about to resume racing soon. I think the planning is Gent-Wevelgem, but I could be wrong on that one. Another rider that was very impressive was Sylvia Pertico. She kind of surprised us by ending third at the World Championships Cyclocross. And now she started her road campaign very impressively. We were keeping an eye on her because we know there's talent in her. But this, it's above expectation in my opinion. She ended 10th in Strade Bianchi after a very strong race. I was kind of surprised with that. I expected her to be in the top 20, but not that high. Not in front of riders like Demi Vollering, Lianne Lippert, Chantal van der Broek Black. Yeah, it's been another great start to the season. I think uh, Persico and Van Androoy, uh, we saw it quite a few times during the season that there's quite big engines in there. And they're just all coming out in uh, the races now on the road as well. And it's very fun to see that uh, they both can do very well there too. Yeah, indeed. And then today in the Trofeo Binda, she put in another strong ride to N8. Between that, she ended 12th, just outside of the top 10 in the Ronde van Drenthe. I think it was very exciting to see this young talent. Of course, she only turns 25 this year, so I am really much looking forward to see her race. She is going to be racing the Brugge de Panne Classic and then Dwarstor Vlaanderen for now. There might be a couple of other races added to that, but definitely a young talent that has emerged a bit which is kind of needed in the women's category. There's not that many young riders coming through, but, or well, now there are a couple of more, but really a shift of generation is coming. We already saw that it was Anna van der Brecht who retired. Black is continuing a couple of seasons. Van Vleuten, 
very impressive but also getting a bit old it's the same woman for the last 10 years and it's definitely exciting to see this young wave come through somebody who can also be part of that is in my opinion Yara Kastelein she was in that front group in Strade Bianche for a very long time yeah unfortunately I think it was on La Tolfe she couldn't quite hang on I uh, had to uh Park it quite a bit, then lost connection to the front group, and we wouldn't see her return there. Uh, but a very solid performance, being able to go that deep into the finale with uh, riders like uh, Chantal Black right beside her. Uh, it is quite impressive. George Mackay just ahead of her, as well as Lippert. Like, these are some of the best riders in the world. Being able to finish 15th in this kind of field, Mr. Bianca, uh, certainly must give her some motivation, and hopefully. Uh, we can see her in some more races that will uh, suit her as well. Yeah, we will see her in a couple of more races. I think, of course, Tour of Flanders is a race that should suit her. But if we look, she also raced GP Utingen, which is not exactly a course that really suits her. She still was in the first group, did a bit of a lead out for her teammate Julie de Wilde, who is also a cyclocross rider who ended ninth there. So yeah, I think we have definitely seen a good Yara Kastelein. Somebody who they are choosing their schedule with wisely. I don't exactly know what the goal is going to be, but I do hope that there is a slim chance that she races the Tour de France Femme, because I am really excited to see what she can do in a mountain stage if she is in peak condition. Yeah, that's exactly my fault. I would love to see her race in some of the mountain uh, classic or mountain classic mountain stage races. Uh, because I think that is somewhere where she can actually shine and hopefully put on some serious displays. Definitely a lot to look forward to. First of all, this weekend we have Adrie Harelbeke on Friday and then on Sunday Gent Wevelgem. For women, that means that there is a Adrie Harelbeke this year, but that's not this weekend. They race on the 30th of April, so that's a month later. But they do have Gent Wevelgem on the Sunday, which should be an exciting race. Any names to look forward to there, Twan? I think uh, for those you might want to watch out for Shirin van Andrei once again. Uh, she has been very good. And maybe if they uh, can bring Brandt into the fold as well, um, then they have even more people to watch out for. And uh, she can be the one to sneak away. Yeah, I indeed hope that Brandt will then also be returning racing there. And maybe indeed van Andrei can be the one to go away. But maybe it's also a very good race for Balsamo there because, I mean, not that much climbing, long flat part after the camel. Definitely look forward to that. Should be a good one on the men's side, of course, Van Aert is racing. And no pitcock, unfortunately. But yes, Van Aert for Van der Poel, we still wait, but probably not. Should be a good one as well. Twan, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me on. I will then thank everyone for listening to this episode of the Cyclocross Social Podcast. And we will be back next weekend, most likely with a podcast about Adrie Harobeke and Gent Wevige. See you guys then. Goodbye.